This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Silver and Black today. Mo Moten, Scockle Branson with you. We are talking Raiders football. And yes, we're not very happy, just like you aren't. We're talking about what the Raiders have done to find themselves in an 0-3 hole after what was an exciting offseason. High expectations set by the organization, set by the players, set by the fans, set by the national media. And they have just crapped the bed. Sorry for an expression that early in the morning if you're listening to us. Uh, But that's exactly what's happened. By the way, do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you already don't do it. Wherever you get your podcasts, check out the link in our Twitter handle, at SNB Today, S, the letter N, and B, Today. You can get it there. It'll take you exactly to the link so that you can subscribe on the audio. If you're watching us on video, also hit subscribe, but hit the notifications bell. You got to do that. That's the second step you got to do. That way, when there's a new video, you will be notified of it being up there. All right, let's jump in on this. I want to talk about some big money guys on the offense. We talked a little bit about Carr. Of course, we'll talk more about Carr. Darren Waller. Um, Mo, I had a lot of people message me uh, throughout the game, after the drops and some of the, 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 the plays that happened with Darren Waller. And then after the press conference and then into Monday, yesterday, I had people message me and say, you know, he doesn't look right. Um, he does, he's in shape. Yeah. But he just doesn't seem like he's all there. I have the same impression about Derek Carr, by the way, but let's talk about Waller. You saw Waller, uh, that one play, uh, on the out pattern, uh, balls off his fingertips. Seems like he's not running full speed. I don't know for sure, but it kind of looked like that to most people. Didn't really stretch out. Didn't dive for the ball. Seemed like the effort was maybe 90% instead of a hundred percent. And then, of course, the drop, the interception in the end zone, the play in the end zone where him and Adams get confused and flood the right side. The ball, I think, was supposed to go to Adams, but instead Waller steps in and deflects it, and it's no touchdown, and the Raiders settle for a field goal. What's going on in your mind with Darren Waller? What could be some of the factors here on why he's not connecting with a quarterback that he has so many times in the past? It's odd to me, but you know what? The Waller issue, his efficiency, or I should say inefficiency, dates back to last year. Uh, I, looking at his numbers, he had a catch rate above 73%, and I believe 2019 and 2020. Last year, he had a catch rate of, I believe, below 60%. If I'm looking at mm-hmm. it correctly, he was below 60%, 60% his catch rate. So him, he and Derek Carr hadn't been connecting as efficiently as they were when he first broke out and he had those 1100 yard seasons, I don't know if it's injury or what have you, but it's just concerning. I don't want to say concerning, but it's just alarming when you're, you're down. zero and two and you have Darren Wall, as you said, there was one pass that bounced off his hands and he probably could have put more effort into getting that pass, hauling, hauling that in. 
And then he had two passes bounce off his hands in the end zone. Now, one in one case, as you mentioned, he and Devontae Adams were in the same area. Uh, De- Jonathan Vil- Vilma mentioned that Derek Carr's pass was a bit high, but what's the golden rule in the NFL? Once the ball hits your hands, you got to bring it in. And he twice, ball hit three times, ball hit his hands, couldn't bring it in. So that's concerning. I really can't pinpoint what's going on. I don't want to bail him out and say it's it's injury. Yeah, but there's definitely something amiss there with him. Well, and, and, and to his credit, I want to give Darren Wall credit because in the postgame scrum in the locker room, he admitted it full. He said, hey, look, my, my focus wasn't there. And they said, well, was it somebody coming up on you? You knew you were going to get hit. He's like, no, I got to catch the ball. I For whatever reason, I took my, took my eyes off the ball and I didn't catch it. So he fessed up to it 100%. But I know a lot of people are pushing towards the, hey, he had the, you know, the hold in, meaning that he showed up at camp, but he didn't play because his hamstring was fine until the day he signed his contract. And then he was out there and his hamstring was fine. So a lot of people are pointing to that. um, And he didn't work out clearly. You know, none of these guys played in the preseason, as we know. But Darren Waller didn't really even work out with the team as well. And some people are pointing to that. This is why, and I know we talked about it, and and I said, going back to when I had the guest on, Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network during the summer, I don't think they should have given Darren Waller the contract now. The, the, The scenario you put together back then was give him a nice raise for this season and then talk contract extension after he proves himself. And I think that's what the Raiders should have done. I think this was another strategic error I think from Mark Davis Mark Davis likes to take care of his people a little bit too much I think at times and I think that's what they did with Darren Waller instead of taking money and spending it on interior defensive line ooh, offensive line uh, they they get Darren Waller they get Hunter Renfro they get Derek Carr uh, they get Devonte Adams to the big deal which I have no problem with uh, and so guess what you you prioritize those guys and now you're you are feeling the pain of not prioritizing your areas of need. Darren Waller could have waited one more year. Right, and that's why I proposed a immediate bump for this year, but not commit to him for multiple years, simply because of two things. And I, and I spoke about this before, his age plus his injury history. And like I said, before this offseason, last year, last offseason, he missed a chunk of the offseason because of an injury. So he's coming off, he's coming off of a down year. He's turning 30. Now, again, people will say, well, he doesn't have the wear and tear of most players because he wasn't used very much at Baltimore. He was off their practice squad, and I get that. But as you pointed out, age is age, and your biologic clock is what it is, and you're taking hits, especially at the tight end position. So still, I I was just hesitant to give him a multi-year deal, just coming off the down year and just with his injury history. I just wanted to see him prove it for at least half a season before you give him an extension because you, he is working in the new offense. He is now working alongside Devontae Adams. Now, he sh- that field should be more open for him, but as you're seeing, he's not capitalizing as much as you think he should be. So uh, I don't have an issue with the Rays taking care of their players. I just think they should have done it in a better way in Waller's case. Yeah, we look at other star players. Let, let's stay on the offense just for a second here uh, and 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 come back to Derek Carr for a second. I'm hearing, again, a lot of excuses. Well, another system, another coach. But then I look at, I don't know, Tua on Miami, the quarter, young quarterback. He's got his third offensive coordinator, second head coach in his short career. He's Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Yes, he's doing okay. Trevor Lawrence, the same thing. Uh, he's picked up his game. Here's the thing with Derek Carr. You and I have been consistent on this. We said, look, he's a mid-tier, top-tier, or should say a mid-tier quarterback, top 12, 15 in that range. Nothing wrong with that. 
Um, what Derek Carr, we talked about the leadership issues earlier, if there are some. Uh, and secondarily, uh, there's been regression here. I think that he hasn't played terribly, except for the Arizona game, or excuse me, the first game against the Chargers. Um, but the Arizona game, he had his moments. This game, he was consistent for the most part. He was what I consider a game manager. Uh, he had the nice long pass at the end there. He had some passes dropped on him, not his fault. The interception, not his fault as well. That's why I hate the quarterback position having to own the interceptions on their own because uh, I don't think it's fair. But nonetheless, that's where we're at. I don't think Derek Carr is a guy who's going to do what some people want him to do. So you have to look at it from that situation. If this team continues to falter, even if they're one and four and they go to two and five or two and six, if this team is continuing to underperform and doesn't string together a bunch of wins, I think his time in Las Vegas is coming to a close because I think you can't, you went into this year not rebuilding, Mo. I said this last segment. This was a team they paid for and built with acquisition to win now. They were a playoff team last year. If they don't win this year, I think you got to think about the future. You got to jettison the quarterback. You have the out in his contract. I think he can go elsewhere and be successful, but they're going to have to think about the future. Derek Carr will not be the quarterback if this team goes 4-12. and 12. Yeah, so this is where the Derek Carr supporters are going to tune us out and say Mo and Scott are a <laughs> bunch of our two Derek Carr haters. Now, the Raiders, I don't think the Raiders are going to have the first overall pick in the draft. But let's no. say the Raiders, for some whatever reason, they have a top five pick in the draft. You got C.J. Stroud coming out, possibly. Yeah, Young coming out of Alabama. I don't think you pass up on either of those prospects to say, okay, we're going to stick with Derek Carr. If if you got if you got a shot of in a blue chip prospect, you you take that blue chip prospect and say, okay, we got a higher ceiling with this guy. And again, I'm I'm considered now a Derek Carr guy. People's like, oh, you're soft on Derek Carr, and I and I've always said, <laughs> overall, he's in he's in that twelve for me. He's in that. 12 to 14 range. Can he be a right. top five quarterback for a stretch or a top 10 quarterback for a stretch? Absolutely, because we've seen it. In and we've seen it. Right. And we've seen him pull this team, put this team on his back and take him to the playoffs last year. But when you're looking at the overall big picture and you're looking at upside, you want a quarterback maybe that can mask some of your deficiencies if you have a weaker offensive line. Derek Carr is not going to do that for you because he doesn't have the mobility to do that for you. So I'm not again, and I'm not saying the Raiders need to go out and get a Lamar Jackson type, but a guy who's a natural mover that can mask some of those deficiencies. If you want to go cheap with your offensive line, which to me you should never do anyway, I think the offensive line is a position group that you should invest a lot of money in. The Raiders didn't do that. That's a whole different story for a different segment. But back to the back to the point is, if the Raiders have a top five pick and they have a shot to get a top quarterback in the draft, I think you're right. I think Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler look at it as. Can we get more upside out of another quarterback, a younger quarterback, a more mobile quarterback who has maybe some tools and intangibles? Because I want to tell you something. Look at the league right now. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert when he's healthy. Those guys, what they call toolsy type quarterbacks. They mm -hmm. have the mobility. They have a big arm. They have something about them that makes their talent extraordinary. And Derek Carr, albeit he's very, very good, very solid, he doesn't have that one intangible that you look at and say, wow, he has a great arm or he's got great mobility. He can do this. He can do that. And the ceiling is just isn't as high for him as it is for a Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts type. Before history is written, Bobby Orr, behind the net, the status, and oh! 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. No, and not everybody's Tom Brady with some kind of freakish deal with the devil where at 45 you can play quarterback. So mm. Derek Carr at his age, too, is typically when you see either a guy really ascend for a couple of years or they start to kind of slowly drop off. And I think he's at that point as well. And to me, even if the Raiders are in mid to, to high first round, a guy like Will Levis, who I love at Kentucky – transfer from Penn State is another guy, bigger, taller guy, but can move in the pocket and can do things with his arm that Derek Carr doesn't do. So so I just say that because, again, I'm not like you last week. I mean, and that was at 0-2. You were, you were the guy with the glass half full, okay? Mm-hmm. We're a little less full now at 0-3, but that doesn't mean you can't salvage a season. Whether you make the playoffs or not at this point, you can't worry about it. You just have to win games, okay? Worry about the other stuff later with the conference. But I will tell you that if you get to the point, if you get to the eighth or tenth week of the season and you have eight or ten losses already, it's over. And so you have to start as a business, you have to start thinking about the future. And all these big contracts you sign now become a massive liability when you're looking at needing a quarterback, perhaps. You're looking at still needing to address your offensive line, your defensive line, and a good part of the defense. And I want to be clear with this whole Derek Carr thing, because I know people are going to run with this and say, Mo saying dump Derek Carr after three weeks, and that's not what I'm saying. Hater. Right? And, and as you said, if the Raiders get to a point and they're, and they're 6-11, and 11, right, mm-hmm. and they're looking at, okay, we can let Derek Carr go and not incur any any financial burden to strings that tied to him if we let him go, or, you know, we can get a Bryce Young. Or we can, we can get a CJ Stratt if those guys come out. And you're looking at it, you have to look at it as what is the upside? Can we can we go from a BB-plus quarterback to a potential A quarterback? Because let me tell you something. If if the Bills, if you run the, rewind the clock and the Bills can say, okay, we can go get an Alex Smith or we can draft a Josh Allen. Hindsight's always 20-20, but mm-hmm. you always go with the upside if you can get it because that quarterback can take you to the promised land. I know the Bills lost on Sunday, but trust me, they're going to be fine. They're going to go to the playoffs as long as Josh Allen is healthy. So again, you have to weigh it. You know, it, is the upside worth it? Is the risk worth it? But going back to the now, what the season is right now, I want to say this, and I know people said Maurice is the Mo is the half glass full, and Raider Ramble saying, "Oh, where's the positivity now, Mo? The Raiders are zero and three. And I will say this. <laughs> Not everybody oh. could be the 2018 Houston Texans and go 0 and 3 and still make the playoffs and absolutely and win the division. But what I will say is there's a lot of season left. And I'm not saying that the Rays are going to turn around and, be, and win 12, 11, 12 games. And my 10 and 7 prediction still stands. I, I want to say that on the show. I said that on Twitter after the Rays went down 0 and 3. My 10 and 7 prediction still stands until it's mathematically impossible because last year I watched the Raiders team. Go six and seven, and people said they had basically no chance to make the playoffs. And guess what happened? They made the playoffs. Now they got some breaks because some quarterbacks were hurt and there were injuries. I get it, but that's my point. Is we have 15 weeks left in the season. They still have time to right this ship and get things going, but they have to do it now, starting with Denver. Yeah, and and you can't help but again um, when you are looked upon as the most disappointing team in the NFL thus far. 
which most people consider the Raiders, because of all the moves, they had so much positive momentum, right? But again, it's sort of like people look at the value of their house on Zillow. Guess what, guys? It's paper. It doesn't really exist until you actually sell the house and get that price. And that's what happened with the Raiders. They had all this great press, all these people talking about all the great moves they made, which hid the deficiencies. Now, us on this show, other people on other shows, other beat writers, people around the NFL, were writing about all offseason the weaknesses that this team had and that people shouldn't overlook them. And that's what we've seen. Uh, what we didn't expect, though, was the coaching, I think, to fall down as much as it has uh, so far this season. All right, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we'll close the show out, and we're going to talk a little more about the Raiders uh, and the veterans on this team. Uh, this is not a rookie team. There is a lot of veterans in that locker room. What's going on there, as well as some of the comments we heard after the game. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the Mark Davis situation that we talked about earlier in the show. You're listening to Silver and Black today with Mo Moten and Scott Branson, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll be back right after this.